You're listening to the Bear in Mind podcast, episode number seven. A podcast about love, color, and identity, and where driving yourself crazy is totally sane and curable. Now your host, T. Vias. So today's episode is kind of a fun one. It's about boundaries and... Well, maybe it's not so fun. It depends on where you're at in your journey. And if you, as the title suggests for beginners, um, I wanted to explain what I mean by that. I am not an expert on boundaries, although I have been reading and practicing them for about 10 years. And I wanted to do this episode because in the last year, I connected something in my head in the way I kind of looked at boundaries in a different way that I had not done in the last 10 years. And I had the thought, well, this would have been great to have known 10 years ago. So I'm going to share with you um, kind of what I wish I would have known. The first thing I wish I had known on my journey on having healthy boundaries in my life. So for this episode, what do I mean by a boundary? And the boundaries I'm going to cover are outside of the boundaries that have been established in society. So outside of the law. So there are boundaries in place within the law. So that's it's illegal for physical and sexual assault, which are boundary crossings. So that's outside of the scope of what I mean by boundaries. And then also any of those um, rules policies that are in place at school or work, like anti-bullying policies, etc. So then that kind of leaves you with personal boundaries. And I'll share with you kind of four signs of whether or not you may have healthy boundaries or how to tell if you have healthy boundaries. And where do we learn them? And I'm going to share with you two mistakes that I've made. And I've made many mistakes, but these two mistakes are from when I was really young to a recent mistake that I made. And kind of the takeaway that I have now of boundaries from this last year and how it kind of changes my outlook on boundaries moving forward. So I'm going to talk about personal boundaries and as I said, outside of laws and rules and policies and things like that, your personal boundaries consist of basically two things. One, it's your body. And two, it's your possessions. And that could be your time, your money, and your things. And that's naturally going to be very personal to you. And so then how do you know that your personal boundaries are healthy? And I have four signs that I found in myself that I realized were, okay, I'm not practicing healthy boundaries. And the first sign is your energy level. Do you have energy to do the things that you want to do in your life? Do you want to train for a marathon? Do you want to write a book? Do you have enough energy to do the things that you genuinely want to do. The second sign that uh, you may not have healthy boundaries is, is if you feel resentful most of the time. So for example, a friend forgets your birthday or you don't get a gift and you kind of carry that anger around long after your birthday. And the third sign is you 
are hard on yourself every time you make a mistake. Instead of seeing it more as a learning experience or just part of the process on achieving something, are you really, really hard on yourself? And the last sign is that people's opinions about you matter to you a lot. And these four signs are more habitual because at any point in our lives, someone's opinion might matter to us greatly. But these are more of, um, they continuously, we continuously feel like this most of the time. So when we feel like this a lot of the time, it most likely means we haven't learned how to have healthy boundaries in our lives. And we, we learn them from society. There are laws and policies in society, but we also learn them from home, our home environment, our cultural environment. And we're also influenced by the things that we choose in our lives. So our friends, uh, the shows that we watch, the books that we read, and even things like the comedy shows we watch, all comedy is based on boundary crossings and it's different from culture to culture. So that's why some um, things that are funny don't translate well into other languages. And we also learn where it's maybe okay to cross somebody's personal boundaries. An example of this is when we talk about somebody's body, if we're talking about it like somebody has a well-defined abdomen, we almost think it's okay to talk about somebody's body and that it's not okay to talk about somebody's body if they're overweight. And we have things in, in society like the sexiest man alive, the sexiest woman alive, that kind of teaches, oh, it's maybe it's okay to, to talk about somebody's body when it comes to uh, their abdomen. And, it, and it's well-defined. So all these different learnings come together in a way where we put together this sort of manual in our heads where we think, oh, it's okay to say this about somebody's body. It's not okay to say this. Um, it's okay to do this. It's okay to make fun of this person. Um, and so then we don't even realize if we are taking on healthy boundaries because sometimes society might not even maintain healthy boundaries. And this could lead to a bit of confusion, especially if we didn't start out with a good foundation of knowing what boundaries are as we grew up from childhood into adulthood. And so I'm going to share with you two boundary crossings for me. And the first story was when I was at university. I, my good friend at the time she had a nickname for me, so a lot of people call me T, but she decided she wanted to call me T-Dog, and I didn't like it, and primarily for the reason that at that time and in the area we lived in, dog was referred to, uh, referred to an ugly person as, oh, she's such a dog, and I had asked her to stop calling me that, just call me T instead of T-Dog. And she didn't stop. She did for a little bit, but then she continued to uh, call me the nickname. And a recent boundary that I had was with a family member. I wanted to be off of a family distribution list, so I made the request could you take me off the distribution list? And that went really 
poorly. She did not receive that request very well. And I wasn't taken off the email list. And in both cases, I made the request, hey, could you stop doing something? And at the time, I thought, this is great. I'm communicating my boundaries. I'm you know, getting the courage to say what's uncomfortable to me. And although it was an important step and a necessary step to get me to where I am with boundaries, I also missed a really big picture in establishing healthy boundaries. And what I missed was kind of this foundational approach of which um, to communicate my personal boundaries, and that is people don't need to respect my boundaries. I need to uphold them. And that first part, people don't need to respect your boundaries, it's subtle, but it's definitely a big part that I missed. And people won't and don't respect your boundaries because they have a different definition for personal boundaries. And the reason why they also won't respect your boundaries is because you're relying on another person to uphold your boundaries. You're, every time you have a boundary or you're uncomfortable with something, it is now dependent on the, how the other person behaves. And that other person is imperfect. And so after making their request your boundaries could still be crossed. And that leaves us with the second part of what I learned is you need to uphold your boundaries. And in essence, that means I needed to take action. So if it was so uncomfortable for my friend to call me T-Dog, I needed to leave the conversation. I needed to walk away. I needed to hang up the phone. Whatever it was is I needed to take action and it isn't that you shouldn't ever ask somebody to stop doing something or change their behavior. It's what can you do when you've made the request and they still cross your boundaries. And then that's when you would need to uphold your boundaries by taking action. And in the case with my family member to be off of the email list, I needed to take action. I, I could still make the request and, okay, she didn't honor it. Then the next thing that I should have done is to go into my email and block her emails. And so then what I realized is over the past years that I've been practicing boundaries is I had been making requests, which is a very difficult thing in itself to ask somebody hey, stop doing this, I don't like it, I'm uncomfortable with it. And then realizing that sometimes people will still cross it and then you're still kind of left in this, oh, I feel uncomfortable and I'm now angry because I made this request and they're not honoring it. And when I looked at it from this perspective, it also helped me reflect on what boundaries do I really want to have and uphold in my life. So then the question becomes, do I really need to address my friend who has a nickname that calls me T-Dog or maybe a, another friend will add something that does that now need to be a boundary because am I then willing to uphold it? 
because you can decide to uphold a lot of boundaries. You can decide to walk away each time somebody crosses something where you're uncomfortable or you don't like it. And then it could start to approach on the fact that you'll never develop intimacy with another person. And I'm actually going to talk about this in a later episode on intimacy versus boundaries. And so I'm going to wrap it up here and I'm going to leave you with the the learning, the one learning that I got after 10 years of practicing it and I wish I had known at the beginning is people don't need to respect your boundaries. You need to uphold them. I'll check back with you next week. Thanks for listening. Listen for a new episode next Tuesday by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Bye for now.